Good morning. Uh, what, a, what a treat it is to see you today and, and how joyful it is to be able to worship with you today. We're, we're glad that we're able to gather and we're also glad that you're worshiping with us online. So say a uh, shout out to everybody who's worshiping, uh, maybe even in another state with us today. And, and what, a, what a, a great thing it is that we're able to do it that way. So I've got a couple of real exciting announcements. Let me just start with uh, the babies, okay? We've got another rose on the altar today. We're having a baby boom here at Gaston First United Methodist Church. Just, I'm just putting that out there. It's just a another baby boom. This is for Allie Perkins, who is one of our, um, a, a baby from our early learning center, from our ELC family. So uh, congratulations to them. This coming Wednesday, we're having something really exciting for the children and the youth. They're having a paint party. It's going to be up in the gym. It's going to be from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. this coming Wednesday, the 24th. And there's going to be a hot dog truck there. I mean, you just can't beat that. So uh, I encourage you to come and have fun with that. We continue to do our Bible study uh, live stream on Wednesday night, too, the book of Daniel. We're almost done with it. So next Sunday is Palm Sunday. It's, it's here already. Palm Sunday is coming up. So at 10 o'clock, we're going to have one combined service, and it's going to be an outdoor service at the amphitheater. We are praying for good weather. Join me and pray. If you've got any pull with James Spann or somebody, you know, just, just do the best we can. Plan B will be to come here and worship in the sanctuary, still one service at 10 o'clock, but we're praying that the weather's going to be great and we're going to be able to have this wonderful service with palms and donkeys and everything at the amp. It's going to be great, isn't it, Pastor Andy? So 10 o'clock next, next Sunday is going to be wonderful. If you would like to order Easter lilies coming up in a couple of weeks, we're almost to Easter. If you'd like to order Easter lilies in memory or in honor of someone that will be on the altar on Easter Sunday, go ahead and do that. Okay, get your order in, call the church office, um, send a, an email to, to Susan Swan and let her know that you want to do that. We have all month long been showing, our missions team has been hard at work and the theme this year has been show love and we've shown love to our uh, first responders, to our hospital workers, to, to Sumatanga. Um, and speaking of showing love to Sumatanga, we have a little video uh, about our work day at Camp Sumatanga we'd like to show you right now. Summer day. 
I hope you could tell uh, by all those pictures how much fun it was. We, we not only got to do some great things for Camp Sumatanga that we love, but we also got to enjoy being with each other and, and just doing things together. It was it's wonderful. We're going to do some more stuff like that. We're also going to show love to the Love Center. Uh, Nancy Smith is going to come and tell us a little bit about what that involves and what the Love Center is and why we need to show our love to the Love Center. Good morning. I have the privilege to talk about the Love Center. My God, my family, my friends, my church, and then the Love Center. I love the Love Center. And it loves many people. And it is possible at working today a lot due to this church y'all and I really want to thank you for that earlier today I spoke and at the early service and I forgot to mention two people who were so instrumental and I just want to apologize to both of them I went by the love center I had been on the board for about 10 or 15 years I think at that time and and it was just kind of falling apart and we had five dollars and thirteen cents in the bank and that doesn't feed many people for very long and so Ruth was really down Ruth Adcock our director she said Nancy I prayed God if you want this to continue show me the way and so God it's only one or two times in my life has I have I really heard him speak to me and he said Nancy you've got the time you can do this and I thought I don't know how to do this called Mark Contra, said, Mark, this is your thing. You're a marketer. Will you help me? I will. And he did. Joan Hightower, <clears throat> he got her involved with us. And she, bless her soul, she was wonderful. She got us back on her feet. Anyway, the Love Center is alive and well today. It's been in existence since the 80s. Uh, Chelsea Terrence uh, started it in her own home. Yeah, on the living room floor. <laughs> she just couldn't stand to see people sleeping on the street at night and she would bring them home. And her husband worked at a steel plant and he would come home after working the night shift and he would fix some breakfast. It's located today on 12th Street, South 12th Street. We have 30 beds. Our director has served with the Love Center since the 90s and she worked with Chaucey to kind of get it going too. Clients can live there free for six months. They're given three meals a day and their own bed and space. The staff gets there, gets them to the Etowah Clinic, which again, we support First Methodist, and it's been a lifesaver. It's gotten medicine, gotten people to doctors, gotten medical help for them, and we're very grateful. We get them to Job Corps, who does a great job. If they'll just cooperate, with the Job Corps. That's one of our goals is to get them a job and help them find a place to live is the ultimate and to be on their own. The monthly budget is about $6,000. I don't know how they do it, but they do. And we, that income comes from donations, grants, and fundraisers. The food bank is a monthly source of canned goods. In 2019, now last year we were off because of the pandemic, but this one is a more realistic figure for you. 306 individuals were served 
28,044 meals. Recently, <clears throat> some community grant money from our legislators came into being, and we were able to get a new kitchen. And that's kind of where we come in. We're asking next week when you come to the Palm service, Palm Sunday service, whether it be at the amphitheater here, bring some things for that new kitchen that they need. And if you've read the, all the communications that we get, they re really need, they love Dawn detergent because they can also use that to clean their clothes. I don't know if y'all do that, I do that too. They, like dish, they need dishwasher pads, pods, for the first time we have a dishwasher. Uh, paper towel and hand dispensers. They love Life Boy soap. I bought some yesterday, I wanna try it. They just love it. And <clears throat> we need hand sanitizers. Uh, I just, I worked there for three months and went between directors. I learned a lot about it then. Being on the board, I learned some, but, but one of the things is I really, we really appreciate, we have a monthly support coming from our church and it always comes and it always is needed and it always helps. Uh, also, every soup, a lot of soup kitchens, I know Andy himself and others bring us, my, uh, Matthew, they bring us leftovers. And, and when uh, you ha we have events here, you know, when we have the covered dish and things like that, we take food by. They love it. It's things they can't afford in their daily budget. And I'm going to close real quickly. I have to tell you, we don't bat 100% doing all that. But this week, I have the joy to see my friends, Patty, Angel and Mark enter their first house. They have a lovely house they found in Atala, and it's just their dream house. It's got stone on the front, and they're gonna move in. They're, they're still needing a lot of things, so if you've got estate sales that you're having or you see in your neighborhood, they still need two beds, they have a sofa, they need you know, dishwasher, I mean, a washer dryer and some chairs. But, they are so excited. Uh, I'm holding this because this company, Max Packaging in Atala, hired Patty. She makes good money. Mark, who has this, is a severe epileptic. He <coughs> has finally, with Aloria's help here, gotten back. He got lost in the system. He's gotten back for some support each month, which he needs because he'd love to work, but they won't, nobody will hire him because of the liability. So, uh, an angel will just man the fort. So, thank you for your help in the past. Our circle, the Gene Holtzfoot Circle, every quarter has provided either a surprise or a nice meal. And so, if your Sunday school or your circle wants to do that, they love to have people come in and bring them food. So, thanks again for your support. Thanks for remembering them next Sunday when you come. Anything you give, and, and if you don't have time to go shopping, a check works too. It just fits. Thank you so much. This morning, as we worship, I invite you to stand together as we sing from 529 How Firm a Foundation.
you join together with me with saints around the world and across the ages as we affirm our faith together with the Apostles Creed I believe in God the Father Almighty maker of heaven and earth and in Jesus Christ his only Son our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit born of the Virgin Mary suffered under Pontius Pilate was crucified dead and buried the third day he rose from the dead he ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
The choir's awesome, aren't they? Amazing. We are so thankful to have the choir here, and they are great. Um, as we prepare our hearts for our tithes and offerings, I'm so thankful that our church does so many great things, like the Love Center and helping Camp Sumatanga. There's so many great ministries going on here. Um, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Loving God, we're so thankful for the ministries that go on in this church, whether it's the clothes closet or ladle of love, um, then the ministries that we give to. We are so thankful, God, and we, we lift all those ministries up to you now. We pray for those um, tithes and offerings. We pray that they will be used for your glory and for your kingdom. We also, during this time, we lift up those church members that are having medical problems and needs. God, you know what they are. We pray that you will be with them. We pray for the doctors and nurses in our community, that you will bless them, give them patience and strength. And all the concerns that folks have here today that we, we don't even know what they are, but you know what those concerns are. We lift those needs up as well. And God, sometimes when we don't even know the words to say, we're reminded of the prayer Jesus taught us as we pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
I just have to say it again, the choir is absolutely amazing. Um, awesome, awesome job. We're so thankful for the choir here. Uh, today's scripture actually comes from the book of Jeremiah. So before we read the scripture, I got to ask, who was Jeremiah anyway? Who was he? And I think the first service said Jeremiah was a bullfrog. But Jeremiah was actually an Old Testament prophet. They actually called him the weeping prophet. Um, he would give warnings and instructions to the people of Israel. The Israelites at the time, they had lost some recent battles. They had been invaded. And now they're going to go back into exile. Um, so Jeremiah has been warning them to stop pagan worship, which within that there was all kinds of strange things going on in the worship they did, their treatment of other people, not taking care of the poor among them. Um, so we may think Jeremiah was really courageous for everything that he did, uh, bringing God's message, but I bet the people of that time period probably thought he was kind of annoying. Um, they probably thought, oh, here comes Jeremiah talking that doom and gloom again, um, always talking about these warnings of attacks and battles. And so all of this takes place 600 years before the birth of Jesus. Things are chaotic at the time, there's political turmoil, and then we have the prophet Jeremiah giving warnings about things to come. And he's also telling the people, repent, stop doing what you're doing, turn, turn your ways, turn around. But in all of this mess during this time, the prophet Jeremiah, through all of that, does give a message of hope in the scripture that we're going to re read. And I don't know about you, but I could use a message of hope about now too. Here it is. This is Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 through 34. Here's what Jeremiah says to the people. The time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. It won't be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt. They broke that covenant with me. Even though I was their husband, declares the Lord, no, this is the covenant that I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my instructions within them and engrave them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. They will no longer need to teach each other to say, know the Lord, because they will all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wrongdoing and never again remember their sins. That's an awesome passage. That gives me hope, and I'd love to read it. When I read that passage, the first thing that popped into my mind was a tattoo, all right? So you don't, have, don't raise your hand or anything. Just think about it. Do you have a tattoo? <laughs> first service really thought that was funny. Do you have a tattoo? Because uh, a lot of them do. Um, and I, I bet if you do have one, um, if, you, if you have one, you have a story behind that too, tattoo. And if you don't have one, I bet you have a friend that has a tattoo. And they have a big story to why they got it, what it means to them. Um, I bet it has a lot of importance. Um, Pastor Sam is actually going to be at the 5th and Chestnut Door after service giving tattoos. Is that right? Right over here. That's actually a joke. Don't call the bishop, all right? So, um, but I bet if you're thinking, a tattoo? I've never had one of those. Maybe you have something, a piece of jewelry, something engraved on it. 
Who knows, Benny McNair might have engraved that piece of jewelry for you at the jewelry shop. I don't know. But if you have a piece of jewelry with something engraved, I bet that means something to you. I bet it's important. Um, When I was between the ages of 18 and 25, some of you think I'm still 25. I'm 42, so that was a long time ago, all right? 18 to 25 in that range, everyone I know was getting a tattoo. It was the thing to do, right? And I wanted one, but I never got one because I couldn't decide on what to get. They might have gotten their favorite band on their shoulder, right? Or maybe a favorite quote. A lot of people got Bible verses. And you might know some people that have a Bible verse tattoo. Here's the one that I don't recommend, especially to college kids. Don't get a tattoo of somebody's name of someone that you're dating. That never goes well, does it? Um, I told the early service, I said, if you're a college-age kid, don't get a tattoo of a name of somebody you're dating and don't use your stimulus money. And somebody wrote in the comments, it was one of my old youth kids, wrote, uh, I actually got a tattoo yesterday, and I used some of my stimulus money. (laughs) But she's great. She got it in memory of her dad, and it means a lot. The tattoo she got means a lot to her. It's pretty cool. So, um, I don't know. Tattoos are funny things. Like I said, it's permanent. It's permanent. It's going to be there a long time. So I never got one. I was too nervous What if I don't like the same thing 10 years from now? I even thought, what if I gain a lot of weight and the tattoo stretches, right? You could get the Incredible Hulk, and then 10 years from now it looks like Shrek. You know, you don't don't know. You don't know. So tattoos are permanent. It's a big deal. It lasts forever. Same thing with one of those engravements that Benny McNair might do on a piece of jewelry. It lasts forever. It's there forever. Um... Even at Mosaic a few weeks ago at that service, we talked about this scripture and somebody said, oh, when you get a piece of jewelry, when somebody used to give you something and it had an engravement of of your initials and their initials, that was serious. That meant it was permanent. So hear what God is speaking through the prophet Jeremiah. God said, I will engrave my instructions on your heart. That's permanent. That's a tattoo, sounds like to me, an engravement, something, it's, it's there forever. I don't know about you, but I need God's instructions engraved on my heart. I went to a small Christian school growing up, real small, real strict, and um, I know some of you said, oh, we've memorized Bible verses in in kids' church or something, and we might now, you know, you memorize John 3.16 or you memorize a scripture. When I was a kid, we would memorize chapters (laughs) of the Bible, and we would memorize, instead of memorizing John 3.16, you would memorize the whole chapter, and then you would get quizzed on it. And they would do that with several. We would memorize huge portions of Scripture. And I had them in my mind, but they weren't engraved on my heart, right? Does that make sense? It wasn't, it wasn't real, personal, engraved, something that I live by. It was just in my head. And I think that happens in the South a lot, doesn't it? We have um, Scriptures on our mugs, maybe sometimes, or a T-shirt might have a Scripture. Um, we hear people's faith stories all the time. A lot of times that can, in these Bible stories, they can be up here in our head, but maybe not engraved in our hearts that we live by it. Um, so I need it in my life. I need a lot of that to move from just head knowledge to being a permanent engravement, something that's personal, it's real, it's something that it sticks with me. I need God to put an engravement on my heart. Um, The first people to hear this message from Jeremiah, 
These are people who have, um, they were walking on the right path for a while, and now they, they've, they've detoured, right? They've gotten into some weird uh, pagan rituals. They're mistreating others. They're doing a lot of complaining. Y'all, I'm like the Israelites in that. I do a lot of complaining myself, so uh, I can relate to that. But these people, they knew the stories of their ancestors. They would have known about Moses. They've heard those stories. They heard stories about God leading them out of slavery. They heard stories about God providing manna for them to eat, uh, parting of the Red Sea. They remember these stories about God providing for them in the past. But they've chosen to walk a different path. And God is reminding them of the covenant that their ancestors had with God. And that covenant was the Ten Commandments, is what's being referred to there. Um, And you probably know this, but when you've heard the Ten Commandments talked about in church, we really do divide them into two simple categories, right? Our relationship with God and then our relationship with other people. You could even sum it up of love God and love your neighbors, all of them, even the ones that weird us out, right? All of them, all of them. Um, And some of the translations um, would say, God will write on their hearts and their minds. I do. I need it both places. I need to be fresh in my mind, but real, deep, impactful on my heart to love God and to love people. I need that commandment engraved within me. And it sounds simple, but it's hard to live by. What would it look like if the people of Gadsden First United Methodist Church, Jesus followers, said... um, What would it look like if our community had it permanently engraved deep within us to love God and to love all people? What would that look like for our community? How would that change our community? How would people come to know Jesus through that? How awesome would that be um, if we all had that permanent engravement? I know each one of us has friends and relatives who think we're a little strange because we come to church so much. (laughs) right? Everybody has one of those. Maybe they think, you're just a little too into that Jesus stuff, right? We all have a friend or relative like that. Maybe because they had a bad experience somewhere along the line in their life with church, or maybe they met some Christians that weren't so friendly. How would it influence them if they saw people living like God's instructions were engraved on their hearts? How would that change our community? Um, Let's also point out that in this story, This group of people, um, they have uh, turned away from following God so many times, and God kept sending in the Old Testament prophet after prophet. God kept providing uh, somebody with instructions, somebody providing a way out. Um, I even am reminded before Jeremiah, there was Amos crying out for justice for the poor, to stop abusing others. Um, Like I said, the pagan worship that was going on, that pagan worship even included things like human sacrifice and harmful things, lack of trusting God. They would warn and say, turn around, repent, change your path. God did not give up on these people, kept providing prophets for them, kept sending people to give new instructions and hope, life, and a way out. Here in this passage, the people are getting ready to go into exile. Um, And Jeremiah is telling them, there's hope. I'm going to, there's coming a day where I'm going to engrave on your hearts to love God and love your neighbor. God's not finished with the people 
in this passage. But God is not finished with me or you, any of us yet either. God always provides new hope, new life, and a way out. For us, we were provided Jesus. No matter how deep our mistakes, no matter how many mess-ups I'm going to make this week, God is still providing new hope, new life for us. And this message wasn't just written for people that lived 600 years before Jesus was born. It's for a group of people in Alabama. It's for a group of people who have had a tough year, who have been through a pandemic. Uh, We've been through a lot, but God wants to engrave on our hearts to love God and to love our neighbors. God also reminded in this passage of forgiveness, that God is going to forgive and no longer remember their sins. And when I read that, I'm reminded of Psalm 51, because that forgiveness that David talks about in that psalm is for all of us as well. It says this, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you and you alone have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you are justified in your sentence and blameless blameless when you pass judgment. Indeed, I was born guilty, a sinner, when my mother conceived me. You desire truth in my inward being Therefore, teach me wisdom in my secret heart. Purge me with the hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sin and blot out my iniquities. It's my favorite part of this passage. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. That forgiveness is here for us too, right? God reminds us in this passage, um, the people had broken that old covenant of the Ten Commandments, right? God is even referred to in that passage as a spouse, and they broke that relationship. They broke that covenant. But God is still calling them God's people in that passage. I don't know about you, but I've broken rules, I've disobeyed, I've broken covenants, yet God still calls me one of his people. There's forgiveness, belonging, and you know what else we get out of this this passage? Forgiveness, belonging as a child of God, and we get a cool engravement, right? Or a tattoo, we could say. So, I'm going to close with this. If one of you came up to me after church and said, you know, you're talking about you wanted to get a tattoo when you were 18 to 25 and didn't get one, and maybe it's JT. Maybe JT will come up to me afterwards and say, I think I want to get a tattoo with the scripture on it. I don't know what to get. This would be my response, JT. Jeremiah 31. I will put my instructions within them and engrave them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. But you know what else you can do if you don't want to get a tattoo like me? Just put a note that says that on your refrigerator. I will engrave it on their hearts. How awesome is that? Let's pray. Loving God, we pray today that we will embrace the forgiveness that you give to us. We repent uh, and we, we joyfully take 
um, that we are forgiven. We are thankful for that. God, we are thankful that we are called your people, and we pray that we will have your engravement of your instructions on our hearts and our minds, that we will live it, that we will walk in it. We pray that we will walk every day like people that have a permanent engravement to love you and to love our neighbors, even the ones that drive us crazy, God, that we will love all your people. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Our closing hymn this morning is 140, Great is Thy Faithfulness, as we stand and sing.
So as we go about the rest of our day, may we go about as people that have engraved on our hearts and our minds God's instructions. Go in peace. Thank you.